Hoffman, author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries, separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to I Protest. This is Donald Jeffries here with you as we are here every Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, coming to you from just outside the swamp infested Washington, D.C., as the announcer says. I still hear that music. Hopefully you guys can hear me over that. It'll be fading out, I suppose. Very uh, special show today. Very excited to have uh, Megan Walsh back. Uh, I think people remember her from a few months back. She was on the show. She's the uh, daughter of America's Most Wanted. John Walsh, she has some very provocative things to say. Uh, not only regarding him or her family, but also just a lot of the things that we discuss in the show. She's very politically awake. So, Megan, uh, thanks for coming back on the show. Love to have you. Hi, Don. Thanks for having me. It's it's a pleasure, as always. I think we had a good time last time. And uh, I just yeah. want to thank everyone for joining us to, today. Um, yeah, it's it's been a, a little bit as, as of time has gone by, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so, of course, there's some updates. Um, not the, the best updates, but there is, you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, but, um, I, I guess where I could start the, the for people that aren't familiar with who I am, right? Yes. I was going to say, yeah, just start yeah. from the beginning, tell your story and then we'll get to the updates. For sure. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar with who I am, again, as Don said, my name is Megan Walsh. Uh, I actually am the sister of Adam Walsh, who was the little boy with the baseball bat who went missing uh, in 1981 in uh, out of the Sears department store in Hollywood, Florida. Um, and then from that, my father, my parents went on and, and my father went on to become known. Uh, uh, his name is John Walsh, of course, uh, for America's Most Wanted. Uh, and then shows since then, like, uh, the hunt with John Walsh and his his last was in pursuit. Uh, and of course, uh, prior to that, I, I digress for a moment. Prior to that was the founding of the National Center for Missing Exploited Children, uh, which started out as the Adam Walsh Center uh, as my brother's namesake. Um, so that's kind of the history there of who I am, my, my family history. Um, you know, I grew up on Capitol Hill, essentially, and uh, within politics and media, as well as entertainment. Um, you know, I, I, be, I, I guess we could say what behind the scenes, Don, right? Mm-hmm. So. Sure, sure. Um, essentially behind the scenes and, you know, maybe as a child, there's conversations that they don't think that you pay attention to, or there's things that, you know, you notice growing up later, uh, you know, that you recollect or, you know, begin to question. I think we've all uh, in the past few years, especially come to question some things in our lives or or elsewhere that maybe we didn't before or didn't think we ever would. Um, And I can say that for myself. 
but you know, that's my family's background and history. Uh, in in brief, uh, myself, I uh, have a background in fashion and music. Um, I have degrees uh, in in graphic design and painting. I attended Parsons School of Design for fashion in Manhattan. I lived in India for years, uh, developing my own clothing line and setting up production and distribution. Uh, it was called Blank Silk by Megan Walsh. Uh, from there, I went into uh, music and wrote my own EP and and co-produced it. Uh, where then I, you know, kind of got into the scene with uh, I was doing, excuse me, fashion shows, runway shows, uh, and my music at the same time. I did LA Fashion Week, uh, New York Fashion Week, all of the big stuff. Um, shows in Miami and whatnot. Uh, so I was up in that kind of a. Um, you know, area, I guess, if you will, of the industry versus where my father was, you know, in television and media on CNN, that kind of a thing. So I did get a good little, uh, you know, taste of each of the areas, if you will. I decided to leave uh, the industry on the birth of my second child, uh, who was actually with the uh, best friend of Kanye West. Uh, so I had seen enough in that and left, uh, you know, to basically focus on training uh, and healing and being able to uh, help others with trauma as well as start developing on uh, a learning farm, excuse me, a community family learning farm, uh, and just teaching non-toxic living, providing space for the community, uh, classes, as well as for, of course, um, you know, after school programs for teenagers and things like that, um, which people that know my work know that that's what I'm a huge proponent of and the work that I do that we can get into, uh, or for those that listened last time is really about, um, you know, our community and how we support families and how we support children so that, uh, you know, we don't have these government entities or, uh, businesses and organizations acting under the color of law that are taking our children and actually trafficking them. Um, and so I guess when I say that, I can, that segues into what I do now. So that was my past. So people have an idea. Um, but, you know, moving into the past, you know, five or so years, uh, I was developing the farm uh, as well as I started looking into, of course, child trafficking. You know, we I grew up as John Walsh's daughter. I thought that's what we did. Uh, you know, we're all about justice. We're all about, you know, what's right, protecting children, right? That's that's what I was born into. So uh, I started looking into, and, and we all know, I, and also from the last time, you know, especially when Epstein, you know, there were things leading up to, you know, when Epstein came out, I just say that because it's an easy place and, and more in the recent past for people. But there were instances leading up to uh, to that period of time where I did, you know, question things. I was kind of the black sheep, if you will. And, and I wasn't into politics and, you know, I wasn't into the industry anymore. And I was back in church and, you know, these different variables that uh, did, did lead separation as well as seeing things behind the scenes, like I referenced before, um, within media. When I was in college, my best friend actually went missing. Um, and we, you know, her remains, I will say, were found uh, later. It's a gruesome story. People can look into it. It was publicized. Uh, her name was Lindsay Harris. It was out of Las Vegas. 
she was actually uh, my best friend growing up in the Finger Lakes when we would summer every summer. I grew up, uh, you know, half the year in Florida, half the year uh, upstate New York, where my father's actually from. Uh, so he is from Auburn, New York, which for those that like the kind of history stuff in the background, um, you know, Auburn is by Syracuse, New York. It is uh, the lake that is there on uh, in Auburn is called Owasco Lake. It is one of the five Finger Lakes in upstate. New York. Uh, and it's also the hometown of Joe Biden's first wife. Uh, well, well, well before, before you go on about your best friend, that, 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 you, yeah. that, was, that, that intrigues me. What, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Did you suspect anything at the time or were you, were you already kind of becoming suspicious of these things? And what, what was the, uh, what did they conclude about her death? It sounds like a foul play. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, they well, what we found on actually is well, could probably be an entire show in itself, uh, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but this this has to do with another area of corruption and and human trafficking, of course, of women and uh, and and specifically out of Las Vegas because it is, of course, the state that you know. It is legal. Prostitution is legal in uh, in Nevada and all of that. So this this is quite an issue. But what we found is that her her boyfriend, quote unquote, that's always what they go by, the boyfriend pimp. Uh, you know, they start grooming the girl. He was out of the music industry as well. His name was Solomon Barron, uh, and he actually groomed her and got her to move out to Las Vegas, uh, and you know, did the whole love bombing and the boy friend I, I think people are, you know would probably relate to it now with the Tate brothers you know what they're being accused of that kind of boyfriend pimping uh, kind of thing and uh, and she moved out there and it ended up becoming an escort uh, you know when I saw her you know a mug shot or so of hers I, I didn't recognize her because of the you know I mean I could but it was like it was so drastic because of the plastic surgery and you know just the high-end escort look was definitely not my friend growing up very sweet girl very smart um, her parents were teachers in skinny Atlas New York which is where my parents have their summer homes and we've we've grown up once we, you know, moved from Owasco Lake. Uh, so he was, she was taken out there. She was escorted. Um, they, they were living together. Everything was in her name. Of course, that's another tactic that they do. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, she goes missing. She would come home and, uh, you know, people would follow, you know, go by the house when she was home or, you know, she came home one time and didn't go to her parents' house because she had a broken nose, you know, things like that. Uh, so this was already kind of, uh, you know, there were different instances to lead, you know, that it would be related to Solomon. So long story short, Don, is that she goes missing. Uh, they decide America's Most Wanted decides to do the case. Uh, mm. They find out she's missing because Solomon calls her mother and says, you know, I, I came back to Syracuse from Las Vegas and uh, and Lindsay was supposed to be moving our stuff and I just haven't heard from her. And Lindsay was very close with her parents. She would always call 
call, you know, she didn't call her mother that Mother's Day. Um, and that was a big deal. And we all know that. So it seems like a, a great alibi that all of a sudden he had to fly back to Syracuse. And, you know, he just doesn't know now. But instead, I watched my dad, uh, you know, much to my dismay and her parents' dismay, uh, in, you know, obviously in conjunction with America's Most Wanted at the time, create this narrative uh, about a, you know, an escort hooker that had been out in Las Vegas, you know, the John Walsh tone. And mm -hmm. it was, you know, this, uh, we don't know what's happened to her. And they ended up finding, uh, it's graphic for those that are maybe weak stomached, but they did end up finding uh, her legs uh, separately, wow. but uh, close by in, in uh, Illinois, actually it was. And there were some kids ATVing on the side of the highway. And uh, I guess some animals were dragging um, oh, you know, her remains out. So yeah. my my uh, stories aren't very fun between my brother and these, but no, that's the nature yeah, of you're, you're, you're like, you're guys. Yeah. Well, well, well now, now did your, I'm assuming, because this was your uh, good friend, that your dad did your dad must have known her personally didn't he feel a personal right. stake in this so but he but he still went with some kind of fake narrative sounds like he he very much knew who she was and and i actually was home uh at the cottage uh, in skinny atlas one of the times when her parents actually showed up at the door don and uh, they came in grieving parents again very sweet her father painted these beautiful landscape paintings i'm a landscape painter i he you know was such an inspiration to me more parents you know to me than than even and warm you know than than even my parents at times so they come in and and we're trying to discuss this and i did have to raise my voice and say you know what are you doing here dad this is not who lindsay is um you know we know who is most likely you know who did this to her who would know about this and i was only in my 20s mind you you know so i wasn't really eloquent and i you know i I've believed my entire life about, you know, just like everyone else uh, in my father. And, and, you know, I do want to preface that I honor him or take the time to say here that, you know, I honor my parents. I honor the good uh, from the work that has been done. But again, it's not black and white and things need to be questioned. And especially when, you know, we're all trusting you know, these people with our children, with our tax money, with, you know, so on and so forth variable. So, um, but Lindsay, you know, basically they ended up going, moving forward with America's Most Wanted, I believe between his shows, even beyond America's Most Wanted up until, up even into uh, In Pursuit uh, with John Walsh, where my brother Callahan is the co was the co-host, they were profiling her case about, I believe it was between seven or eight times that they did her case. And over the course of that, um, you know, what ended up coming about or what they went with was they people can look this up as well as a gentleman by the name of Neil Falls uh, was allegedly, uh, you know, going to an escort's apartment. He, you know, arranged a meeting with an escort at her apartment. He went in and he started to assault her and she shot him. And uh, in that, in when they went into her apartment and they looked through his things in his pocket, he had 
had a list and on that list, it had the name Lindsay uh, in the list. And when they went out to his car, he had a quote unquote Don serial killer kit. I'm not sure what that exactly entails <laughs> by definition, but uh, that's that's oh, what that man. was. That's what we're yeah. going with. Okay. And uh, and then, you know, so then we see my point here, Don, is that then we see the emergence of the serial killer, uh, yeah. you know issue or well, narrative serial killers and hookers you know that's yeah you know, they always yeah. go after them for some reason what was this it's, <laughs> and this obviously was you know you had a, a, a you know this was emotional with you because it was your friend but is is this what triggered that's you it. think because uh, you said you went you know you thought your dad was doing great work he's your dad you're, you're honoring him and there were a lot of good came out of that i mean you certainly missing, miss, missing children now you have the amber alerts and all that stuff it pretty much came out i think of what he originally started doing but what is do you think this is what um started you down the road to where you're on a show like mine i mean conspiracy central here i mean is it because is this is it did, did this yeah, make you, yeah. I, mean, I mean so you, I, you, I you have to say, yeah go ahead sorry don go no ahead. so i mean so you, after this you had a lot of questions you see there's a guy in the music industry that kind of steered away steered direction away from there so you're beginning you're in your 20s and you're starting to have doubts and is this this was the first thing that triggered you, right explain because i think people would like to know like from that point on or whatever what what led you to the because eventually we're going to get to with your children the situation with that yeah, and everything yeah. how, how did all this come about that this was the first time you're you're saying you're basically questioning your dad about it and uh what what happened after that well, and you have to understand, Don, that in these in these arenas, if you will, and especially with John Walsh, uh, when you question things or when you don't agree necessarily, you know, you are very gaslit. You're very bullied. Uh, you know, oh, that's crazy. You know, that's the go to and and all of that to uh, deflect. Right. So obviously, you know, when Lindsay's case happened, I had I had my you know issues with it, but I was in college, Don. And, and then I went on to fashion and music and I grew grieved my friend and I kept in touch with her family. Um, but it did bother me again when it comes up. You asked how I got here with all these conspiracies and, and all of this, on, yeah. you know, in this arena, right, uh, is that, you know, of course, when Epstein came about, I, I guess I could skip forward to that. Mm -hmm. And then, especially then, they that's when they profiled her case again on uh, In Pursuit with John Walsh. And I was mm -hmm. like, you know, you've said it's a serial killer you said it's this and that you've profiled her case when you didn't have new leads and that really upset me because that re-traumatized her her family you know and that was for ratings and and it seemed to be more so for that um when we most when again we knew who most likely did it and what we found in that was it did get deeper don and you brought up amber alerts and things like that so what happened there is we we looked deeper into it and Solomon Barron, the boyfriend pimp, uh, you know, and I had been approached over the years by other another girl that was in the house with her that gave me a firsthand account of the gorilla pimping, if you will, the very brutal and, you know, uh, mean spirited pimping. I won't go into that, but that that uh, Solomon was doing. Uh, and if people look into this, there was a case years ago, a couple years ago with uh, a rapper, we brought up the industry, right? Uh, mm -hmm. A rapper by the name of Molly Mall, uh, and he's out of Las Vegas, and he was busted for this gorilla pimping, and he uh, is serving time, I believe he gets out, you know, or, or recently got out or is getting out uh, in the near future. 
And uh, this, what they did there is they charged him as well as then they charged a gentleman by the name of Ocean Fleming. And Ocean Fleming, they put all of what we found, they essentially put all of uh, Solomon Barron, who again is the boyfriend pimp, all of his, what would be his charges and his crimes. So for guerrilla pimping, for different things associated to that, they actually accused this Ocean Fleming gentleman of now, Ocean Fleming was working for Molly Mall through the, Molly Mall was also on these love and hip hop uh, franchises and different things on television. OK, so uh, Ocean Fleming used to actually work with uh, Molly Mall. And what it was is that people can look it up. I can provide more names and information um, if they if they would like. But there basically was they were tied to a pimps and police uh, program that the Las Vegas. Metro police uh, have running. And I don't think a lot of people really realize that police departments uh, do uh, prostitute women and they do, you know, run drugs and they, they do do these things. I mean, that's the corruption part of it, right? That's what that entails when there's yes. corruption. So, um, so this is not anything too controversial guys. It's pretty based, but we did find out that that's, you know, what was going on and specifically, um, people can look into it, but the Las Vegas, there were, oh, her name is leaving me right now. I apologize, but there are, there are basically judges, there are uh, judges and their daughters or daughters of police, um, that have Two of them have been murdered uh, since coming out about it, and uh, others have gotten in trouble, arrested. The chief of police of the Las Vegas Metro Police's daughter was arrested for procuring. Um, they were doing this out of uh, clothing stores, so little clothing stores in the Las Vegas Metro area. They were, um, I forget the names of, at the time, I didn't really know we were going to go into this today, but uh, mm -hmm. it's coming up. So they basically uh, were, the police were going over their children were hanging out the daughters were hanging out at these clothing stores in the back of the clothing stores they were like these you know hip you know youth clothing stores in the back they would be smoking they'd be having these young guys were actually pimping out the younger girls who were their daughters some of them oh, uh and yeah and ocean fleming would be paying he would be the guy there that was paying off the police officers so they'd come by check pick up their cash you know check on their daughter or whatever whoever they know that's involved or the situation in general i think some of them were clients at times um and so this operation was going on uh i know that lindsay was probably around that kind of a thing i we've had people come out that were you know involved and in, and have been retaliated against uh, even escorts that were within it that came out and uh that would lead also into what you know we're we're currently dealing with with talking about my children and getting to that point in terms of we've seen in these types of situations especially that cps child protective services and uh dcf and other areas it's it's Go, but it goes by other names in other states, uh, which should be concerning in itself. But Child Protective Services, we've seen, is really being used yes. uh, to retaliate and to yes. threaten people. And, yes. and it's very, very bad. And that leads to my current situation. Yes. Uh, but, you know, to, to, to digress for one moment to thoroughly answer you, um, you know, on the how did I end up in this arena? It was not only this case, it was things like Amber Alert. Um, I started looking into my brother Adam's case um, mm -hmm. 
you know, after that, and, and probably in my early 30s, I started looking into my brother Adam's case and all of his documents, police records and files are available uh, for free. I encourage everyone here to go check them out. Uh, it's on justiceforadam.com. Again, that's justiceforadam.com. Uh, it's it's endless documents, but I think, you know, when you click on them, uh, each one is is kind of jaw-dropping, for lack of a better term. I think once people look back after 42 years, um, a lot of people will start to notice what we've realized, this narrative versus the actual truth, especially through media uh, and government, you know, agendas, if you will, um, you know, federalized policing, predictive programming, uh, you know, we could go into the CIA and, you know, the finders mm -hmm. call, that's a, you know, this oh, is, a yeah, yeah. this is, this is what I remember. was so great about you. Cause you know, all this stuff. I just want to say real quick, uh, to, uh, the Rockfin chat, I'm actually able to see you today. It's the first time in a while. So if you have anything you want to say over there in Rockfin, I'll be monitoring that as well. And I think, let me make sure. Yes, right now we are live on freeworld.fm. So um, let me know. I don't know. I can't access the chat there, but let me let me know if you're hearing it. That so we're 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 mm -hmm. live live streaming several places. My Twitter doesn't still doesn't seem to be working. As I don't know why we set it up, but it doesn't go there. But um, obviously on YouTube here. So I didn't mean to. I just want to make sure everybody knows that uh, that I'm seeing them. But uh, you know, you're fascinating. You know all this stuff. So I'm just trying to figure out the timeline here. You're. Uh, your your friend has this awful thing happen to her that opens your eyes a little bit, and maybe you're a fan of America's Most Wanted. You're you're interested. Obviously, your dad seems like he's doing great work. You know, he's trying to help find missing kids. What could be you know solve uh, you know unsolved cases? I mean, that's something uh, God's work. But uh, you're starting to see okay, maybe there's something a little shady here. He didn't go after the the, the yeah. guy in Las Vegas. And so, at what point do you start having? a conflict to your parents. Cause I, I don't want to go ahead and people know before what happened to your kids and you're ostracized from your parents. And I think they were instrumental in, in taking your kids. How, how did it get to that point? When, when did you have like the first really showdown with your dad and he, did he just call you crazy or one of those nutty conspiracy theorists or something? How, how did this, <laughs> how did, how did this timeline progress here? Yeah. So, and, and, you know, you, what we, I have to point out that, you know, we go on about, he's done all this great stuff and we know the, the premise around my father. Right. And so when you're in a family like that, especially you're almost, you know, it's like a silent bullying. If you were to ever question anything, right. right. You're the sure. bad guy. How sure. dare you ever question anything? So there is that precedent already set. Um, and, you know, maybe I didn't get that precedent as soon as I should have, or didn't understand that. I, I will admit humbly. Okay. I thought again that I was doing what our family did. I thought we were looking into stuff. I thought, you know, different stuff like that. But, you know, also it's my family and we go through the years because uh, you wanted to know leading up and, and when this happened through the years. We also know, unfortunately, you know, that my father has, you know, come out about having a sex addiction. Uh, we know uh, my parents had a 10 year divorce proceeding. Uh, I grew up answering the phone to mistresses while I'm putting my baby brother down oh. for a new, uh, yeah. you know, there is a whole side again that, you know, I kept with grace for years. Um, and you know, every family has their crap and especially sure. when you've been through trauma. So it's, I, I absolutely am, you know, very understanding of that. Uh, but nonetheless, you're a child in it and, you know, especially living in the shadow of Adam Walsh, um, you know, and, and, 
you know, you might be the, the public might see a different perception, you know, silver spoon, or you have all of this and that. And, and I think that it is important to really think about the children of uh, celebrities or politicians or different things, because you don't really know what they're going through, to be honest. And in a lot of cases, it's, it's very much, I hate to say it, but become you're, you're like an accessory for them, you know, you, um, and, and especially for uh, people in my parents' position. So they had a child go missing. We end up finding, you know, my mother was with him at the time. We found out, you know, that would get into my brother's case, but we found out many other things about what was really going on in the house and really going on at that time, including, you know, drug use and a, a, a love affair with a significant a significantly younger lover, live-in lover at the house uh, who had yeah. recently moved out and things that if we had looked at this case, you know, now, uh, especially knowing what we know about most likely it happens, you know, to, uh, some, you know, by a family member or someone close to the family. We know these statistics that I could go on and on about um, from the work that I do now. But, you know, looking now at the case, uh you know, it, it's very alarming and, and it really should be re reopened and reinvestigated, I, I personally feel. So I was looking into these things. I know my family. I know the behind the closed doors. I know the talk, you know, between people on a stage at a press conference that, you know, the audience and the masses will never see or know, uh, you know, different things like that. And when, when Epstein came out, um, I had been, you know, becoming a mother myself uh, really makes you look back at your childhood, right? And your sure. upbringing. Sure. And, um, and, you know, going, I also am in the field of, again, uh, trauma healing and, and different things of that nature. So I, I really started, you start having realizations about your own upbringing. You start questioning things. And, and when your parents are still coercively controlling you and you don't realize that, and then you start to have more outside experiences than, you know, inside for lack of a better term within the family experiences, we know how we grow. Right. And we start to realize things. So I was speaking up, uh, within my family, uh, you know, about the abuse that they were still going, that was still going on. They were starting to do things to my children that I I wasn't okay with. Um, and for me, I absolutely did not want to live the lifestyle uh, that I grew up with. I did not want my children to have that lifestyle. I will be honest. I wanted my children to grow up on a farm and go to school locally in a small town and, uh, you know, no, be involved in the community. And that's what we were uh, when they were taken. But what led up to them being taken was me questioning Adam's case, speaking up within my family about, you know, the abuse and that I was going to have to, you know, move outside of the town and, and, you know, move on with my life to, you know, say Miami or somewhere that I did have connections and support for work to take care of my children if they weren't going to be able to, you know, get help for themselves, Don. I was actually asking them to go get help. Uh, you know, they're older. Mm -hmm. I feel that even deservedly, they should do that uh, for all the trauma. They got thrust into the spotlight right after Adam, uh, and which is an interesting um Oh, yeah. You know, I, want, I want to talk about Adam's case. In itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, well, but, and, 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 
Yeah, yeah we, we can go back to that. But to answer your question, it was when Epstein, it's really complicated, I guess, is why it's so long winded. But I was talking about those things. And then when Epstein comes out, uh, you know, I said, like, it was dad one day I said, dad, was it like Cindy McCain, where, you know, she says, oh, everyone knew about it. But what were we going to do about it? And when I asked yeah. that, he kind of got squirrely and said, yeah, 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 Megan, you know, as he's walking away, uh, you know, what were we going to do? about it. And, you know, I have to admit internally, I said, well, that's not the right answer. Um, and, and so then I started digging, I guess, you know, when you're a born detective, explain the Cindy McCain, this is uh, Cindy McCain. All I know about her is she was, uh, she was, she sold a bunch of prescription drugs and got away with it. What was the reference to comparison to Cindy McCain there? I, I might've missed that. Well, well, so Cindy McCain was interviewed uh, about and was asked a question about Epstein and asked, you know, oh, do, there's okay. a famous clip that, you know, she was asked, did you know about it? And her response was, well, everyone knew about it, but what were we going, what were we going to do oh, about okay. it? So I didn't realize she had done that. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. That's well, and I, we told you before, we'll talk more about Adam's, uh, but do you, do you see the, uh, the question on the screen there? Can you see the screen? Uh, yes. Has the guest ever read the work of the late Dave McGowan? He covered Adam's murder. So I am familiar with Dave McGowan and a lot of people have written about Adam and, and different, there's a lot of different theories. That's why this is ironic that I'd be, you know, poised in this position because yeah, my brother's yeah. case has been controversial since the day it happened, yes, Don. Yes, so, yes. so yes, I am familiar with his work. He did wonderful work about Adam. Um, I would, to be honest, I'm a very authentic and to the fact person. So I, you know, there's so many different works. I'd have to refresh my memory on his specific take on it. But yes, I, I do uh, appreciate his work and suggest that people actually go over and look at it. So thank you for that comment. Oh, yeah, he's great. And, you know, we people, I, I think I told you the last time in, in terms of Adam that um, I, I was amazed that you're so open-minded about this because most families won't discuss these things. And that this was, makes you really unique. And I'm sure I, I I don't know if I asked you this last time, but I'm because we a lot of the questions you have about it's just as an outsider looking at it, I had those same questions. I could even disappear to the mm -hmm. shore, uh, mm -hmm. you know. A, and a lot of people have said, you know, the question, the photo of him, and uh, you know, yeah. was, did this really happen? And you kind of alluded to that as well. You see, so you get all those kind of people, but. Um, it's uh, Rhonda Tate says she saw the Daniel J. Trevante TV movie Adam. What, what was that? Yeah, I, I'm yeah. guessing that that was a lot of fiction in it, or was that was that very uh, reality based? Well, I'll tell you um, the facts of it was that it was said to be a family approved script. Um, <laughs> it was yeah, and I will also point out. Uh, that there is a scene actually in that movie where my mother is at home after Adam has been kidnapped and the phone rings and she picks up the phone and there's a woman on the other end and she says, hi, you know, I'm horribly paraphrasing, forgive me, but you know, it's something along the lines of, hi, we're Adam's new family. We wanted mm -hmm. to let you know that he is doing well, something about he has an ATV or some kind of, you know, mobile or some bike or, you know, something like mm -hmm. that, that he rides yeah. and he... 
and she starts, you know, yelling on the phone, my mother in the, in the movie and says, no, that's impossible. He's dead, you know, and hangs up the phone and no one really paid attention to that scene, which I found very interesting as well mm -hmm. as I'll skip for a second to uh, Joe Matthews book. And who was the detective that says that he, uh, you know, came to the conclusion that Otis tool was Adam's murderer to close the case. Uh, in the beginning of his book, Bringing Adam Home, uh, it does state in the foreword, first and foremost, that this is a, a work of fiction. So there's these little details that are very interesting. Uh, and then when you put it all together, it kind of shows a bigger picture of questioning. But yeah, I mean, it's been controversial, you know, since the day it happened. Uh, you know, we've been told in, at different times, including up until recently, even last year, that you know, Otis Tool, Henry Lee Lucas, and even Jeffrey Dahmer, three of the nation's <laughs> most notorious yes. serial killers, killers again, yeah. these themes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, were all, you know, in the that block right at that location, even possibly, you know, to take this random little boy at six years old, Adam Walsh, who just got left in the store, put out by a security guard. And, you know, so so it is, you know. It's a it's a wild narrative when you actually look at the facts. Yeah, I know it is, and it's I so I and I, I might have gotten you sidetracked there, but because uh, we yeah. were getting we're getting into Epstein, and I find yeah. that you know Jeffrey Epstein is obviously very so this now that just happened. You're talking about you became interested in Epstein before he hung himself in prison, or so how to, and did you, yeah. did you mention anything to your father or your parents uh, about Epstein? I mean, or they were kind of as outside of his area, I guess, but I, I'm wondering what his reaction was to you asked, talking about that. Well, well, when I, so we, so that's a great, um, you know, guide back because we were discussing Cindy McCain, right. And, yes, and yes. Epstein and Epstein, uh, you know, this whole issue. So when Epstein came out, uh, you know, obviously it was big. Everyone was looking at it. All these names were being dropped, you know, all these allegations. And, and so I went to my father and, you know, because I'm thinking to myself, wow, well, you know, we were in this, you know, arena of many of these people, if not my dad knowing or having some sort of, you know, connection or here and there with these people. So I was, again, going to my dad, like thinking I was going to get the inside scoop, to be honest, you guys, not ever thinking that I would be retaliated and, and worse from, from then on out. But um, I went to him and I said, was it like Cindy said, Cindy McCain said, did you know about this stuff or what's the scoop, dad? Like, what are you guys, what was the, the talk? Right. amongst you guys you know what mm -hmm. is she talking about you know and this is like in our our family room literally you know it's that kind mm -hmm. of a thing and then again i got this you know deflection and this kind of gaslighting and walking away very abrupt abruptly that was like you know yeah yeah megan i mean what were we gonna do about it and from there mm -hmm. you know that's when i started questioning things i had already been looking into my brother's uh case and uh you know we had this national thing come out especially i'll say it with trump you know of child trafficking right mm -hmm. and it was this direction towards this epstein and you know this global global elite and, and things that we were never going to be able to actually figure out or do anything about as you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we have to be real and we still haven't seen most of it to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, so, 
And now he's, you know, unalived himself or whatever, allegedly. So that's where we're at from there. Uh, but, you know, I was I was looking at that and uh, and I was also getting into, obviously, the child trafficking. And when I started looking at it being directed towards these figures and, and this kind of a notion that was bigger than us, um, I started researching. Uh, I guess it's a gift that I have, but it's also become a curse. <laughs> um, and I started digging and I looked at the national center for missing exploited children and i started asking questions to myself because i had also prior to that just like the lindsay incidents don i had actually been you know giving the national center through my parents and via email uh things like my take on the cuties movie right and um i also excuse me again Sorry, I was getting a call. Um, the Cuties movie and uh, and also things like kidchat.net. So these online platforms, right, that, you know, these the predators are on and, you know, this whole thing that we actually, you know, could do a show on as well. What are these narratives of, you know, the dangers to children that then lead to things like Amber Alert or, uh, you know, these different, what to us look like efforts of protection, but at the end of the day, really equate to not having much of an effect for the actual, you know, communities and finding children, but do collect a lot of data, which is a lot of, you know, is a very lucrative uh, business these days. It lends itself to a lot of control uh, of society and we know towards police state and different things like that. So that was in my parameter. Okay. While we're, while we're, you know, obviously that's my background. I was having difficulty with my dad when he came out with facial recognition and, you know, they're saying, oh, this is for terrorists and kidnappers. And I'm like, no dad, this is big brother. Like, what are you doing? Please stop. Or can we talk about this. Um, so with these things were trickling around. It's not so direct because people have to understand like it was trickling around. Okay. And these were leading up over a couple of years. So um, when I started realizing that who are the people, you know, they tell us people, predators, child predators, they try, you know, the, the best ones try to get the closest to children. You know, we're realizing nowadays, it's a lot of the work that I do, who our modern child predators are, unfortunately being, you know, teachers, foster parents, law enforcement, politicians, you know, administration, things of that nature, we're, we're finding now more so. Um, and so, I started realizing that, you know, the, the child trafficking issue is not some stranger danger issue. It's not some elite globalist issue. It is ultimately, we'll get to that, but mm -hmm. you know, that's not what's in our faces here. Um, and we need to really be asking ourselves, what does American child trafficking look like? We're in the land of the free influencers, white picket fence, 2.5 mm -hmm. kids, you know, uh, everyone's perfect. No one has crap, you know, all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So, so, um, so, you know, I, we, we know well what international and global child trafficking looks like. We've seen the border now. We know what Bangkok, you know, trafficking looks yeah. like. I could tell you India, you know, Indian child yeah. trafficking. Looks Thailand, like. Ukraine, there's a lot. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And we've been very exposed to that. And I think for a reason, Don, uh, here in America, because uh, if we're focused on that, and that's a very different visual and presentation and method of the trafficking than what uh, is actually happening right here in America to our children and families. Uh, it has a nice, pretty 
uh, bow uh, and package on it. The the public has been given, you know, oh, these the, all these children without loving homes and, you know, these horrible parents and we're here to protect the children, yes, you know, this, this yes. entire grift, you know, the entire grift. So um, we've even given the public the answers. Oh, they must have done something. There's more to the story. You know, all these lines that we've been programmed well, to I, say. I don't, I don't know if you, if you've, uh, how much you listen to my show, but I've had several people on over the last year that uh, had dealings with child protective services. You can relate to that. That took their kids Absolutely. or tried to take their kids and over, over the most ridiculous reasons. Uh, a neighbor thinks one of them is undernourished or, you know, they didn't yes. get vaccinated, you know, that kind of crap. Well, we're finding, and yes, Pizzagate is a major distraction. Um, it, it's not to say that some parts of it isn't true with Podesta and the real names, but the level and the um, the blown out proportion. Yeah, a follow up there was that that uh, what's your take is is I, Pizzagate? There are tunnels under that, and they, they they in fact they're all over Washington D.C. But uh, they and those photographs were very strange. You saw the little girl, duck, three or four years old, duct taped to a table, and the. Yeah, I mean, this isn't, I mean, it sure. isn't that crazy. You know, there. Uh, when yeah, I heard tunnels and stuff, I was like, you guys, I've been in tunnels under the White House. I have pictures yeah. of yeah. under the White House. Like, this is not this extravagant, blown out of proportion, yeah. unrealistic thing. So the media did a very good job about that. The, lately, they've been doing a very good job of bringing back this, like, satanic panic, if you will, which is interesting because it's what we saw happen around the time of Adam's taking. That was also, you know, Eton Pat's was right before Adam. And then we have Johnny Gosh. And we had these yes, boys yes. that were being taken. And it was, you, you know, know subsequently after we find out in 87 when the finders are arrested in Jacksonville with the six children. So in that they had, and we're going a little off, but it, it all ties in. This is what we have to be looking at the history. This isn't conspiracy theory. It's it's looking at history and looking at things before what you were told or Absolutely. what is the, what is the background there? Ahead, I just sorry. want to share. Rhonda, Rhonda Tate has asked a couple times about your children. We'll get. We'll get to. I'm not. I'm not ignoring your question, Rhonda. We'll get to that when she gets <laughs> later. How things are now. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So we. Uh. Yeah. So Pizzagate and all of that kind of stuff is a distraction. I know we were talking about some other stuff, but Adam's case. You know, we it it leads into that. I just mentioned the finders called. So we have Adam. We have these these little boys going missing. That was. Uh. You know. We have. Uh. Excuse me. I'm I'm drawing a blank for a second. But we have the Franklin scandal. We have the yes. McMartin school. McMartin, yes, yes, we yes. have yes everything going around there. Larry King. Uh. With yes. North North Fox Island. Uh, yeah, who is still yes. alive and out and out walking. We've done yeah, exposure yes. uh, in the last week on my Twitter page. People can find me on Twitter at Megan Walsh underscore. Alicia Owen, how long did she serve in prison? They, they threw one of the little girls who they charged her with perjury. And she, yeah. I don't know how many years she served in prison, but you're right. Larry Benacci. Came, yeah, <laughs> Benacci. Yeah, uh, bless his heart. He tried to come forward. Uh, you know, Johnny Gosh and, and all that kind of stuff was, was a wild thing. But yeah, so we have all of these things going on. Um, but then we've got these like ugly faces for the media, if you will, you know. And uh, and that's something that Otis Tool and Henry Lee Lucas actually pointed out and was a big alarm uh, for me when I decided to be looking at Adam's case. I said, you know what? I'm going to start from the beginning unbiased. I want to look at 
Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool without the Adam Walsh narrative. They had a history of that. You know, we've had the Confession Killer on Netflix come out since, you know, then. This was just, that was recently. But, you know, we, what are these people aside from it? And, and then we find, you know, that Otis Tool most likely confessed to Adam's murder because he was following and seeing the perks that Henry Lee Lucas was getting in Texas. And he kept saying, I just want to be in Texas with Henry. And, you know, I, and he was seeing the fame that Henry was getting. So when Otis confessed, you know, he was very adamant about an author coming in, you know, to take his confession and a book deal and, you know, all of this, the, you know, what did they call it? Milk, milkshakes and fried chicken, right? Is what Henry Lee Lucas <laughs> used to say. So um, based on the, you know, the perks for, for admitting and confessing to crimes that you didn't do. So we see that in their past and their track record. Then we see Otis Tool recanting and confessing and different things around Adam. Um, we have a decapitated head that hasn't been, you know, thoroughly uh, evaluated, you know, appropriately. Just the just the different things that have happened. I started looking at the records and it wasn't adding up. So I think that Go, those two things were going hand in hand. My work within, you know, looking at child trafficking, what that really is, and realizing that it was our child, our domestic child trafficking system. I started advocating and speaking out in my community and nationally. Uh, and I was holding bridge walks, awareness events. My children were coming with me to them. And they were beautiful events with the community. Um, it wasn't, you know, Epstein, whatever it was, CPS's trafficking our children. And that's the, our children are not for sale. And really what got me there was when I started looking into Epstein and finding so many uh, families, these events that they were having in the Midwest and, and especially Arizona, it's a huge, uh, one of the biggest states for uh, domestic child trafficking. There's a huge issue there. And there were tons of families that were holding these events, Don, that we're holding up signs saying, you know, return our children to our to their loving homes. And so I started seeing these groups and these, these cases where they were loving homes. They were, you know, great families, even with extended families and their children had, you know, under false allegations and false reports yeah. been taken and never to be seen again. Um, and so I started looking more and more into that. And I started getting information, obviously, in my community um, about about our local situations and foster homes, one of which is Hibiscus House. Um, I was where my mother was actually used as the face to fundraise to to get the project done, which is not to this day is not anything that it proposed to be. It was supposed to be a village for children, all this beautiful stuff, and it's basically a you know a shelter again, which it was originally saying it was the response to, right, the cure for, mm -hmm. so the children weren't in it, mm -hmm. uh, and and that is owned by um by children's home society um which is is who is responsible for taking my children and and uh kidnapping and, and trafficking them for the past two and a half years well, well, start on start on that how that happened because this you so you lost your children you first yeah. lost them two and a half years ago do you think your father was uh that, that he that they were instrumental your family was instrumental in having them taken right uh well they they 
Yes, absolutely, Don. They conspired, I guess, if you will, uh, the entire event. It was an ambush event. It's been, uh, you know, organized terrorism ever since, uh, methodically, uh, you know, destruction of your reputation, the playbook of, you know, mental illness, drug abuse, abuser, criminal, you know, they, they do the whole gambit. And at this point, I think we all realize that that's a, a defamation and uh, an attempt to, you know, to hide their their lies still. Many people do that. It's part of coercive control and narcissistic abuse and, and everything that goes along with that. Um, and so, yes, they, they did. They have, a, it's a very small town. My father campaigned for the sheriff to get into office. Uh, he's a younger guy, my age actually. Uh, and he put him in place. And then the following year, he, they started an ambush and, uh, on April 1st, you know, April fool's day, they started, uh, with an unmarked police, uh, pullover of me and my children out by our farm where no one could see, uh, serving me with paperwork with insane allegations in them. Uh, nothing was done for 14 days. You know, CPS didn't show up or do anything then. Um, but 14 days days later, um, I'm ambushed at my home. My father's on a Zoom taken to custody hearing, emergency, everything. And this is the John Walsh way. We rush in. Everything's over the top. Mm. Everyone's, uh, you know, the the worst uh, that you can possibly think of is happening here, you know, tonight on America's Most Wanted. Yes, so, yes, yeah. um, and my dad's not young either, Don. You know, there's something going on there. We found the AARP article of his deep brain stimulation procedure through the Mayo Clinic, which was his buddy Hank Asher is the big donor at the Mayo Clinic, who people should know because he's the father of data and everything that we're dealing with now with uh, national securities and uh, surveillance of the American people and targeting of the American people. He was the founder of LexisNexis uh, search engine as well as the Matrix. And uh, he was actually with my father in Haiti during the time of Laura Silsby and Amber Alert in Port-au-Prince, as well yeah. as uh, known and the, Clinton, to be the, Clinton, and the Clinton Foundation is tied to that too, right? So strange going absolutely. on. In yeah, there's absolutely. some strange stuff in Haiti, yes. Well, that's all, you know, again, connected to Polaris and Palantir and, you know, data collection globally moving children around saying that they're orphans, just like our, our CPS says. So do we see a theme here, Don? Like yeah. these poor <laughs> children, but then the people were like, no, they have families. They have, their parents are looking for them. You're kidnapping 33 children out of Haiti. That's what this is, no matter what humanitarian effort you try to hide this under, you know, um, currently a lot's coming out about Tim Ballard and our rescue and the sound of freedom movie. And I, yes. you know, I, picked, I picked that apart. I was the bad guy. I actually went to turning point myself on my birthday and last July and went up to Tim myself, uh, while he was there, we have it on TikTok uh, and on my Twitter page, but asking him, you know, of course, thanking him to be graceful and polite, despite what I knew about him at the time, but that's mm -hmm. not my job here. My job is to get the message out. So I bit my tongue, Don, with grace. And I approached uh, Tim and Dan Bongino and different things and asked them, mm. you know, if they were aware of the domestic, you know, I thank them for their work. But I said, are you aware of the, you know, domestic child trafficking issue in our country via CPS and family courts? And, you know, I ask that you please, you know, focus on that for the American people. Um, and, and the reactions were very interesting. But that's, again, another show. Well, Dan, so, Dan, Dan Bongino was involved with it he's involved with ballard and the rescue efforts 
Well, you know, it's the Patriot mood tournament turning yeah, point yeah, the big exactly. media event, yeah. you know, down in Palm Beach. And I go to, you know, I went to Mama's for DeSantis to go scope it out. You know, when I yeah. when I speak out against, you know, Ron DeSantis is actually the one who is turning a blind eye to the crimes of John Walsh currently in Florida, as well as massive crimes uh, of DCF, of the Department of Florida, Children and Families uh, within Florida is absolutely rampant. There's uh, cases and lawsuits coming out all over the place. Uh, parents are speaking up and it's all being ignored while he thinks that he's going to then be able to handle issues for a nation, you know, when he can't even figure it out for his own state. So uh, I digress. But, you know, I, I go to these events. Don, I look, I was literally born into these arenas mm -hmm. and, you know, came out by the grace of God. Uh, you know, I can look back now and see so many ways that he's protected me, I have to say, throughout my life. And, uh, you know, where I'm at now is looking these evils in the face. And, and because well, I so, came so out with these all people, different information, they did retaliate and, and take my children, my life. Well, and they so used these people must yeah and they, and they certainly did the, the same cps they used on so many people but what uh, well we've had other cases come out don uh mm -hmm. oh sorry no i was going to say they, they, so yeah. you were because you were in the middle of this and john walsh's daughter a lot of these people might have known you as a kid i guess or as a young lady and then suddenly they see you as this kind of crusader and they probably think you're nuts like you know they think all of us are crazy they're talking about this stuff but <laughs> I, i'm guessing that's the reaction you get and i wanted to ask you too before i forget is I, I, what's your family situation now in terms of your, your is your father married again? Where is your mother married? And how many siblings do you have? And it, does anybody in your family, nephews, nieces, does anybody support you at all in what you're doing? Thank you. Um, my parents did actually have a 10 year divorce proceeding where my mother again filed restraining orders uh, like his ex mistresses. And uh, suddenly one day, Don, they reconciled. So uh, after oh, 10 years wow. of divorce proceedings, <laughs> we were told when I was in college that they were reconciling. Um, there's controversy around why that might be in itself, but they suddenly reconciled. I will say that, you know, we begged my parents to divorce, uh, I think, our entire upbringing, to be honest. Um, we just wanted them happy because they have in the same house, they have lived two different, you know, lives, basically. Um, and people even that worked at the center have made comments, you know, that they're, they're never in the center at the same time unless it's for an event. You know, I, I don't think people really realize sometimes what a celebrity, quote unquote, couple is, um, you know, my my parents obviously met when my dad was 22 and my mom was 16, but a lot of these modern day celebrity couples are, you know, somewhat arranged through your PR or through your agency or different ways like that. So, you know, especially needing to be the all American, you know, family face of the national center, America's most wanted, uh, you know, they've lived a life and it's not to say that they don't love each other. They have a very interesting love for one another. Uh, it's not one that I would choose, but it's interesting. Um, and so, yes, they're still married to this day. Uh, my, I have, I have two younger brothers. Uh, one is about two years younger than I, and the other is 12 years younger than, than I am. And, um, and they, you know, my children, my three of my children are living with my parents. My oldest daughter does go back and forth to the sudden biological father that came out of nowhere. My father paid for his attorney to file these false allegations and affidavits and start this case, which is actually interesting because my father also paid for James Campbell's attorney, my mother's live-in lover, right? When he was the main suspect mm -hmm. um, in Adam 
Adam's disappearance. My father shows up and is paying for his attorney randomly. So, um, so then, uh, you know, my, I, my, the two, my two sons have been rush adopted to my parents so that they can uh, complete their adoption uh, maladministration or fraud. Um, and then the, oh, my oldest went to the biological father. They, you know, people forget that she has an inheritance. So they are very open to uh, taking her in after nine years of not one phone call, Don, he could have called me at any time. I've, I've honored her, this man, her entire life. I said she had a biological father. We could reach out to him. You know, I made it very normal for my children. Um, and, and then I had a baby, um, last year, about almost two years ago now, a year and a half ago. And, uh, that video actually horrifically went viral. They came in, in a John Walsh, America's most wanted made for TV, uh, effort and essentially a false flag. They created an entire scene in front of the woman's house that I was living at while I was pregnant. Uh, my entire pregnancy, they threatened me. They threatened to jail me. They gagged me for a year and a half, threatening jail on me. Uh, and they took my newborn baby at five days old uh, with oh. police and and the main, you know, the sheriff's main right hand guy, Michael Dilks. Uh, the sheriff is Eric Flowers in Indian River County. And um, and they have a history of 40 years with the prior uh, sheriff, Daryl Lohr, trafficking drugs and women through our county. And that was something they didn't like me speaking out about. But everyone knows about. Again, I, I, I'm not this brilliant to be making up all this stuff, Don. You know, so. Oh, um, so that was part of it. But, um, but yes, yeah, so they took my, my youngest baby and Esther and they placed her, uh, they, my parents did not want her and she's half African-American, by the way, two of my children are half African-American, one's half Indian and my oldest is, is Caucasian, but uh, they, they took her and my parents did not want her. So she was placed in, uh, in, in a very seedy, uh, part of town, uh, south of, of our town in a foster home. Uh, and she was there for a year. I did everything on the case plan and people that know about the corruption with CPS, I, I wouldn't even have to say much more, but I did the entire case plan. I did every evaluation. I did them over and over again. Uh, I drug tested uh, twice a week for two years at random. Uh, I, I mean, I was literally trafficked and worn out uh, for two and a half years while you're trying to get your children back. Uh, and it's, uh, it, that would, again, be, we did that on the first show and, and we could go into in, a, in another show sometime, but the horrors of what people are put through in the system is just, it is crimes yeah. against children and humanity. Um, so we have endured that. My children have spoken up. They have tried to say, you know, this is lies. This is not right. Um, they've reported abuse themselves from my, by my parents and it's been ignored. Uh, and then the, about two, well, let's see, time flies down, especially in trauma, but uh, I guess in August or September, uh, we had a trial for my baby Esther. Um, we had everything. We had completed the case plan. They had hindered it and hindered it. They move the goalpost. They hinder you. They don't answer. And then they go, oops, your time's up. You didn't finish. So we have to take you. We get to take your baby. But I had finished everything. And in my trial, suddenly 
the foster mother who I had a wonderful relationship with, I have evidence of her not agreeing with any of this the entire time. Suddenly she's not testifying and they have a surprise witness, Don, and it's uh, John Walsh. So he Uh, walks in with all of his sheriffs around him through the, you know, through the back door or whatnot. And they say, oh, we're, you know, my, my lawyer says, your honor, this is trial by ambush. This is, what does John Walsh have to do with this? This is insane. And at this point, why isn't John Walsh saying, look, my daughter has done everything that, you know, the state has asked her to do. Uh, Why aren't you returning my grandchild? Instead, he shows up in a side conference room, backdoor deal that I have to sit and witness him standing at the front of this conference table with the state um, prosecutors. I mean, it was literally like a military tribunal I've experienced for two and a half years. It's me against all these black suits and the state and, and everybody. And we even know National Center FBI are behind uh, you know, what's going on here from my dad's own admissions um, and what we found. And I literally watched my father completely lie, say my daughter is this and that, uh, you know, that this baby is much better off in this foster home with this this mm-hmm. mother uh, that she's been with for, you know, a year. And uh, I watched him essentially sell a baby in a backdoor deal. And that baby was mine, Don. And mm-hmm. uh, well, that must have been such a gut wrenching was- feeling to see your own father show up in court and, and you know, and testify against you. That's I, I can't imagine what that must be. I, um, I left the room, to be honest. I, I want to keep my grace. And this is very disgusting and foul. So I, I did leave the the courtroom for his testimony, to be honest, Don. Um, and and when he was saying that in the conference room, I wasn't allowed to say anything. The state attorneys are laughing as they're walking out of the room. The room, and mm-hmm. my dad's saying these things to me. And I stood up, uh, Don, and I said, I looked at my dad like I have from the beginning. I said, "You need to do the right thing." I said, "This is our family," and they push. You know, all the police come towards me, and you know, I'm the bad guy. I just stood up, Don, with my hands up, and I yeah. said, "I'm leaving." I'm, I'm leaving. You know, and I walked mm-hmm. out of the room and. I looked at all of them, you know, all the deputies, they're staying in the hallway because they love to put the police presence in the courthouse. They had me falsely arrested in the beginning, so I'd be terrified for the rest of it. And I just looked at all of them in their faces and said, you know, this is my family. You all are failing even John Walsh by doing this. You've ripped our family apart. And now my daughter's going to grow up in a foster home where they're stacking up kids in our, you know, mm-hmm. local ghetto. It's, you know, you have to excuse me, but it's yeah. it's very, very bad. So. Uh, I can't imagine what that's like. And I, I, there's another Chris, Chris Graves, who's always full of questions. He, he said, do you, do you feel, I, I don't know about this. He said, do you feel like the man who contacted you for coming to be Adam was a real, what's the story behind that? Somebody contacted you and said they were Adam. Uh, yeah, actually. And thanks, Chris. Yeah, you are doing a great job. You got a buddy on that one. He's helping the show. No, oh, he, um, he, he's, he's one of my, he's one of my main researchers. He's helped me out a lot. He's, uh, oh, he's, it's he's, great. He, he's really incredible what he does. Definitely. He knows, That's he knows about all this stuff. <laughs> It's wonderful. Um, well, we are looking for people to help kind of streamline it. And at the end of the show, I'll let you know, I do have a new podcast called Reexamined with Megan Walsh, and it is going over all the Adam Walsh case files and we'll go into other cases eventually. Um, so, so yeah, the question was about the, the okay. So yeah. Um, 
actually right after my children were taken it's very ironic so either it could be that they sent someone in to support their you know she's mentally ill narrative uh or it genuinely is him right so uh i get a call i'm you know i'm i i, I was it was actually a message that i received a, about two days prior and i i listened to it and it says hey sis it's adam uh, I'm coming home after a long time. I arrive in Hollywood tomorrow morning. I'll see you soon. Don, <laughs> that yeah. I'm sitting in my room listening to, I, I never even listened to my messages to be honest. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so I get that and, and I think this is insane. I'm like, I must be hearing this wrong. Do you really say Adam? I listened to it about probably 20 more times, you know, cause mm -hmm. I think there's too much wax in my ears or something. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and mm -hmm. then I end up actually, uh, they, they send, so they send me a picture. They text me a picture and it's a hospital hospital bracelet and it says Adam J. Walsh. It has uh, it has November 14th, 1974 listed on it. Uh, and again, the detective in me or the John Wall, they forget who I am. They forget who they raised on. I think that's <laughs> right. where they went home. Uh, and so I called uh, the hospital. I called the Hollywood Hospital, Hollywood Memorial Hospital, actually where I was born, uh, not even a year after Adam was was taken. And I called down there to their emergency room and uh, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm a friend of the family and, and we're calling, uh, looking for someone that has, you know, mental health issues. And, and they had said that they were going to be coming into the emergency room. I was wondering, you know, if you could just let me know, you know, either confirm that they were there at one point, you don't even have to let me know if they're still there, but, you know, could you confirm whether this person was, was there or not? And, you know, what's your procedure? You know, I'm sure you have homeless people or different things come in. If people don't have IDs, what's your procedure right and uh and she said oh no they have to have an official id you know all of this so i said could you connect me to you know a, an administrator or your records department or something like that so they connected me to the records department uh i i had a, a pretty lengthy conversation with the woman she put me on hold for a while and she said she looked at the records and she said yeah yeah he was here i even guessed the day i said was it about i think he checked in at this and maybe had you know left at this time and uh she said yeah he he was here and I said, are you sure? Like what identification would he have had to have for it to say Adam J. Walsh and the birthday on it? And she said, well, I, I can't help you, you know, specifically, but they have to have an official ID or some sort of thing. So whether or not that's true, that's what happened. I, you know, got mm. off of there. I call my best friend, Kristen Knievel, who's the daughter of evil can or granddaughter of evil Knievel. <laughs> I and didn't know. That's an interesting connection. <laughs> It, it is actually it is uh wild how how that all happened too again people really have no idea what goes on behind the scenes so um but uh but so i called it kristen up you know because she's a little crime fighter too and tough his nails and researcher very good discernment and uh and i said you know what the heck you know i got I listened to this message and look at this photo and so she wanted to call and find out you know who's this messing with my friend and everything so long story short i end up talking to this person they go by lily um i have recordings and and you know notes that are endless of you know him him uh you know coming 
forward with information, relaying information to me. Um, you know, he does, he was living as a, now we have to understand when people are coming out from trafficking or these deeper, you know, governmental issues or things like that, or corruption, excuse me, you know, people are looking for these figures to come out and make these announcements. So the reality is that the people that are going to be telling you the truth are not going to be all together. They're not going to be a pretty package for you or anything. I hate to tell you, these people have been traumatized. They've been trafficked. They've been assaulted. They've had to run for their lives their entire lives. They've had to survive, uh, you know, different things like that. So regardless of who this person is, whether they're Adam or not, they have information and, uh, you know, the, the timelines and different things that is very, uh, that definitely warrants a, a serious looking at and listening to. Um, my parents have refused to do a DNA test with this gentleman. Yeah. I, I tried to, the lab said they lost it. I called FedEx and asked the, you know, who was the signature on it? And then yeah. I called the lab and they said, that guy doesn't work here. You know, it was, it was this whole, I mean, this has been two and a half years. So oh. he did come out. His name is Lily. Uh, he came down actually for my trial, Don, uh, to meet and do the <laughs> DNA. And I, I, he came, I brought him to the last day of my first trial for my three children. And he actually sat behind my parents in the courtroom and, uh, they turned around and freaked out. Looked like they had seen a ghost. They had the sheriff come in and try to have him well, removed. What, 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 do, do you see, I mean, I, I, obviously he's a little kid, but I mean, do you see any kind of like, physical similarities that it could possibly be him? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it, again, it could vary. I am sitting in the middle of this. Okay. I don't have it. The truth is the truth. It is what it is. My brother, I've grown up with my brother deceased for 41 years. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always loved him and honored him. He's really the one that deserves this. He's the hero, just like the heroes, uh, you know, in America today are really the children and families that are going through this, that, that are going to be saved and helped, you know, eventually if we all can get this together uh, and do something about it because it is up to we the people but no i you know i i definitely think that he deserves to be heard um he is very uh you know traumatized and broken he's he you know was put on hormones and lived part of his life as a woman uh he oh, still has this i mean it's well when we're talking conspiracies i i'm gonna be yeah, crazy well, it's, it's right, right. I'm living in Queensland, and if we talk about cloning and tunnels and you living in a right experimented on and everything, it's it's here, you're Don. In a, so. you're, in a, you're in a safe yeah. place, man. Yeah. No, but I, yeah, free think, over over in the Rockfin chat, free fifty free thinker fifty nine says I can't believe the horrific experiences this woman has been through. She is one strong woman, absolutely. You certainly Thank are. you. Thank you, truly. It's wild. I mean, it's not as bad when you're in it. I guess I have to say on, on my level, I was very fortunate where I was more used uh, on an elite level and not in the, you know, on the streets or in tunnels or anything like that. So I, I feel blessed and, and I'm thankful for that. But it, well, you're, you're you know, you do realize what they are and, and what you've been involved in around your whole life and you didn't know that's what it was. It's, it is, it's wild. And well, the abuse you, is very wild. It's, if it's you horrific. Look at, uh, Twisted Pistol's comment on there that, uh, uh, you know the, the kid, his kid, the kidnapping. Adam was really the, his first childhood memory. So he all heard all that when he was yeah. in kindergarten. So this had a lot of significant uh, 
impact well, on people. Well, it, it changed a nation on how children, yeah. parents parented, how children grew right. up, and right. this whole narrative of stranger danger, when that is absolute, yeah. the irony is that today we know that's absolutely not the case. It's most likely someone, you know, close, a family member, someone close. And then the irony of the case that starts this is one where we see that there's three people living together and, you know, leaving a child and using drugs and, you know, might have been a different situation that is closer to home than a national serial killer. Yeah. Well, the, Sam's Bodhi Street said, did they, did they have DNA tests done on Adam? They found some remains, right? They found his head. Uh, I was kept on ice for 20 some odd years in, in, oh, uh, well, in South Florida. Uh, my dad was very, um, you know, adamant about getting, as he says, quote unquote, that boy's remains. He always refers to Adam as that boy. Mm -hmm. um, and they did do one test. Uh, there was no DNA at the time. I should preface with that. At the time that Adam happened, there was no DNA uh, testing. And they did uh, later do a mitochondrial test uh, using uh, crushed up bone from the skull uh, in comparison with my mother. And the first test came back uh, botched, and, and I guess the lab tech blood or DNA somehow got in the uh, the test. And then the second one had some very shady dealings. Uh, you know, Willis Morgan, who again did frustrated, or uh, excuse me, uh, justiceforadam.com, he uh, is very good at going through breaking down that test. Uh, and the errors there. That's not one of my areas of expertise, but there were questions about the the test in itself. And then nothing after that, the head was cremated uh, so that, you know, nothing can be done now, as well as the carpet samples that they had from, you know, Otis Tool's alleged car that was used. Uh, originally, people were, were reporting a van, very much like the Finders, uh, but then it switched at some point to a white Cadillac, and it being Otis Tool, they had carpet samples with blood, and that was never even, uh, which is what, what Joe Matthews based his conviction of Otis Tool on uh was the blood carpet samples and to be honest when you know about it that was never ruled out of whether that was even human or animal to begin with at all do you see, do you see that question from twisted pistol about adam's distinct eyes does this guy yeah did, yeah. Did, did you notice? I don't know sure what, what's distinct. Um, I, I will say something. Yeah, he had distinct eyes. And it's also another thing that I've, I hate to, it's been uh, heavy on my heart, but we have to be questioning everything and, and remove ourselves. You know, I have to remove myself sure. from the situation to do so. Sure. But, uh, you know, when we, we were all presented this little boy with a baseball bat, but there's many other pictures of Adam where his eyes, yes, they are, they are definitely distinct eyes and they're beautiful eyes, but he does have puffy under his eyes. Um, he he seems that he could possibly uh, display aspects of either uh, fetal alcohol syndrome or um, something on the spectrum uh, like that. And, and in the documentation, it is known and noted that he always um, had to be, you know, near people. He was very touchy. He needed stimulation. He needed comforting, things like that, which is also interesting why I know this isn't part of it, but it's interesting, for example, 
example, when the secretary at the school that day comes forward and says that my mother, when she came in, Adam was not with her. But then my mother says, oh, well, I left Adam in the car. So this is a six-year-old boy that mm. won't even go run across at a baseball game yeah, to the yeah, stand yeah. to get a drink. And yet she's leaving him in a car. Uh, and then moments later, because of the vicinity, going to a Sears department store and leaving him in a toy department with other peers and little boys or, you know, a little older than him, but you know what, I, you get the point. Uh, and then she says that, you know, years later, we find in another record, I believe it's 83 or 84, she's interviewed again. And she says that, no, I, I went, he was, I was holding his hand. He came in with me that day to pay the check. So she even changes her testimony and especially yeah. after being hypnotized. I mean, there's all these things, but back to the eyes with Adam, uh, even the security guard as well in the, in the documents uh, states that the boy that she saw that day, uh, you know, Adam has never even actually been confirmed to be the boy that was there that day. I will say that when people, the witnesses yeah. were shown his picture, no one actually recognized him. Really? Really? Um, and the security uh, guard in the records did state that the boy that she had an interaction with uh, looked to be, I'll again, horribly paraphrase, but, uh, you know, looked to be in a quote unquote bad way or wasn't taken care of, or there was something off about the little boy. Um, and so there's these details that are very interesting, but, but to go back to the person coming forward or Lily, uh, you know, yes, the, the eyes are there. Uh, if there was fetal alcohol or some spectrum, uh, that would be there as well, or just from trauma within that, within the person that I met. Um, very, very intelligent, very funny, very, I, you know what I have to say, and it's not a weird, again, this is not, I want this to be my brother or anything. I've had him hit out for two and a half years. I haven't come forward except for here and there about it. Um, because that's his story and I didn't want anything to detract from that or, or vice versa, right. With what I have going on. So, um, I will say that when I was with him and, and I was moving him, you have to understand during my trial, he came down on a bus and I was moving him from different motel to motel so that people wouldn't know where he was exactly either. This was a very, we had been being threatened, uh, you know, different things of that nature. So um, it is a very volatile situation. And that also, you know, raises alarm to, is this actually him? You know, if it was just a joke, you know, why, why would this be to this extent? But when I was with him, I, I got to say it, it's a wild thing and maybe it's just life, but it, I could almost say that he felt more like family than my family's ever felt. Um, so that, that is an interesting notion that I, that I will be, you know, upfront about. And, and again, who knows, right? It could have just been somebody that they paid a lot of a good money to or something to come in and say, sure. but, but I, I do know where he is and that he is, you know, we, he has been in a nursing home. We got him and I, I actually had to take him to the hospital uh, the night before one of my trials. And I was there with him in the hospital, um, you know, until 3 a.m. when it should have been my parents, not me, if it's really Adam. But you know what? We're here. And I'm in weird ways. I'm honored. I know that we all have a purpose in life. And, you know, we have to take the good with the bad. And we have to really be questioning how we're really protecting our children. If these efforts that well, we made and these people that we trusted are really doing what they've said they are. Absolutely. Well, but I think I alluded to this earlier, but 
most whistleblowers, and you're, you're essentially a whistleblower, um, their families uh, abandon them. They don't get the support of their families. Do you have anybody? Is there is there a cousin, a niece, nephew, or something? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm assuming, yeah. no, I'm assuming yeah. your brothers and your mother feel the same way as your dad does. But does anybody look at her and say, well, she might have a point, or at least yeah, we shouldn't absolutely. take our kids from her? I mean, is there anybody that's sympathetic to you at all on your side oh, that yeah. you're speaking to? Yeah. Yeah. And there were even people that in within my case and within the system, there were workers and people that came forward and said and testified on our behalf and they were fired. They were threatened. They were retaliated against. Their licenses were come after and taken. But in regards to my family, uh, you know, yeah, my, you know, we have to understand here, my brother, especially my, the one younger than me, Callahan, he has two children of his own now, and he doesn't want this happening to him. I mean, we have to start understanding how these dynamics work. And, you know, my father at the status that he's at, he doesn't even have to say anything. People are already afraid. They don't right. want to get involved. Sure. They don't know sure. what John Walsh will do. And really it's wild because the more you talk to people, the more you'll find that it's not, again, this narrative of John Walsh is this wonderful person most people will say oh that guy always gave me the creeps or i always questioned him and you know that was wild for me to realize and you know once i started speaking out and and hearing that um it was a lot more supportive I've, i have a lot of support across the country um it's been incredible i couldn't be where i'm at now without the support of the american people truly um but i do have you know i have cousins that have come for you know i have a cousin that actually was secretly adopted out by my grandmother my german grandmother mother we talk about generational things and mm -hmm. you know what does adam walsh have to do with adoption to be honest we have mm -hmm. adam walsh adoption forms and requirements through the national center we have you know all of this so when we know about the finders cult now i'll get real crazy don watch out when we know about the finders cult yeah. and being a cia operation by their own declassified documents well, let's, yeah. start, let's do it for the people. The, the finders cult, that's the one where they first found the, the little kids that looked like they hadn't, they found them in a playground or something. And they found the, okay. uh, they, they looked like they, not, not exactly animals, but they, they didn't look like they were really that civilized. They were dirty, disheveled. And somebody caught, and then they went and found a, uh, their, their headquarters or something had human feces and all kinds of crazy. Is that, that's what you're talking about. That group, yeah, right? The, the finder. Yeah. The finders cult happened. Uh, the arrest happened in 1987. It was two gentlemen in a park in Jacksonville dressed in suits, very agent like, if you will, they had a van and six children who were extremely disheveled, dirty, uh, nonverbal, only one of them was yes. verbal. Uh, and in the van, uh, they had mattresses and it was filthy in there. Um, and they, they, their story was that these were children from Washington, from the Washington DC area that, uh, their parents had given permission for them to be taken to Mexico to a gifted program that these were gifted children. They were nonverbal, but they were gifted. Um, and then once we look into the finders cult, you know, their methods, of they had a very, you know, they just say that they were an alternative lifestyle, right? When really they were, you know, involved with CIA operations yes. and computer and different things of that nature. So the other thing that was in that van was a computer. And uh, at that time, the computer that was in that van was very advanced for what an average civilian had access to at that time. And what they were doing with that computer, it was the kind that, you know, you could plug into your phone at that time and send messages out and whatnot. So 
what they were doing on that computer was they were creating a quote unquote network of uh, families and children. They were kidnapping the children and they were swapping them, changing names uh, and birthdays. They were swapping them and uh, having the children raised by other members within the cult. So the ideal behind that and what was revealed through the arrest and the six children was the cult finders mothers, the mothers of these children were very distant. They said, yes, you know, we approved of this. I mean, it was a, they were in a cult, you know, we know how that, that happens. They go along with it, they're brainwashed, whatever it is, or they're part of it. And uh, what we find their methods were, were exactly weaning the children from the mothers. Uh, and because it was towards the Hillary Clinton, Margaret Sanger, Dr. Kinsey kind of theme of the, uh, it takes a village, right? It takes right. a village. So it was this communal type lifestyle they were saying. But when we, I'll, I'll skip forward, uh, if you will, that when we have, when we look at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, uh, we find find there a network of children and uh, different databases and the information on parent, you know, different things like that. So the question there is, is the National Center essentially a larger in your face now developed government version of what the finders cult and these different people uh, with these ideologies or, or wants, uh, you know, is it stemming from that? Is it a larger version of that now that we see how it's being used with Amber Alert, with, uh, you know, international adoption, uh, all these things that they now have what seems to be an, a monopoly on the kid protection business or the child business. They also have the world's largest child porn database, which you have to ask with no oversight and, and everything who has access to that when we see such a pay to play donor base and, and partnership and things. So there's, well, it's very, I, I, I'm just astounded at how many people are touched by this. If you look at the comment on the screen, Don Lambert, who is, uh, you know, is all, contributes to this chat as a regular viewer. Says my grandmother yeah. took us four kids to neighbors and factories to play with toys. Yeah. While a group of men masturbated while we played. I I I just always Ooh. astounded this that there, I mean, I that there's there's that many messed up people that are doing this, especially and this kind of in the open there. And your it's, grandmother's I mean, involved. Wow. I'm yep, sorry to hear that, Don. Bless your heart. I, I'm your very sorry. I'm very sorry too, Don. But you know what I want to say is thank you for your testimony and thank you for your courage yeah. in putting yeah. this comment up because this is what we need more of. We need more people that have experienced this coming forward and we need more people that are in the system doing this currently to come forward and it's time. So what we're realizing is that things like the sex offender registry, okay, which was done with the Adam Walsh Act uh, on Adam's anniversary signed by Bush in the Rose Garden. It was put out that it's this now new registry to, to you know, the main purpose, the sole purpose is to identify every pedophile, toucher of your kids and everything. But no one even over all these years has looked at it. It's called the sex offender registry. Yeah. Do we even know the actual percent of pedophiles that are on no, and the they, sex and, offender and registry? They, they include, they include is that actually that... protecting children? Is no. that actually protecting children? And they, they right. classify people that or uh, arrested for uh, public urination as sex offense. They lump exactly. everything in together. So you can all know if somebody this raped is, a five-year-old or peed yeah. in a tree. 
<laughs> exactly. I actually was just asked and did a fundraiser event for Women Against Registry, which is a wonderful effort that is um, asking to abolish the sex offender registry. Um, it's not protecting our children. It's 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 making people second class citizens and pariahs yes, of society. Yes, it is. It's yes. actually inhibiting from pe people with pedophilic disorder from seeking help. And most of all, it's keeping people with these issues of in the family situations, which we know are the majority. Okay. Yes, we know exactly. the majority are in the family. So when you have a sex offender registry and your daughter comes to you and says, uncle Tommy touched me. What does that do to your world? What do you then have to reconcile with? Oh yes. my gosh, Uncle Tommy's now going to be on the sex offender registry if I say something. Our whole family is going to be stigmatized if well, we say something. People don't want to face it. I mean, it's, it's easier children. just to say, oh, What about Uncle you, Tommy's you, children? You know, yeah. You must have misinterpreted it. I mean, I, I've, I've had it in my extended family too, the same kind of thing. People don't yeah. want to. It's it's too, uh, you know, they don't want to open that can of worms, you know, because. Well, and you know what? The, the issue is, is that it is real and we want to be all. That's the thing, too, is the narrative put out pedophiles. We can't even entertain them in society. They don't. They're degenerates. They don't. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything's OK about it whatsoever. But do we let them out in society? Yes, we do. They serve their time. They do whatever. They go out into society. Now, 95 percent, 93 or 95 percent of se child sex offenders are uh, first time offenders. Okay. So, and, and the majority, I think it's 93. The other statistic is that it's from the family. So we're definitely, we're not having these pedophiles are going out or sex offenders, whatever your argument is, it still doesn't add up because they're going back out in society. And now we've put such a stigma on them that they will not go seek help for their pedophilic disorder or their addiction to pornography or whatever it is that's leading them to that. And so then where does that leave us there? You know, that, yeah, that's exactly. not, that's well, not if you see R Rhonda Tate, who is, uh, you know, has been a supporter of mine for a very long time. And uh, I, I never do this. And again, thanks for your courage for coming. She, has, she used to hide from the neighbor man when she was 13. Uh, you don't mm -hmm. specify. Mm -hmm. I'm, assuming, I'm assuming he was doing something he should have been doing. Uh, that yeah. your dad would find it. So I, I'm sorry to hear that, Rhonda. It's amazing how many uh, young girls, especially went through this. Yeah. Yeah, God, it's a yeah. wonder you talk to any of us, I guess, when you grow up, you know, we're, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of bad ones out there, you know. And it's not even necessarily sexual abuse. I mean, I grew up in a closet and that's a very congruent thing for a lot of abused children is the closet. And, you know, I was running from my mother who's barking her teeth at me and threatening me growing no, up. You no, know, wait, it's, so, it's, you, so you were, you were I've heard about that. So they punished you by putting you in a closet? No, Don, I would run to the closet because it had oh, a dress. Oh, you, would, it, run, you could... would run for protection. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then that's where I could find my peace. And, and my mother would even say, ironically, that that's, you know, in, when I was young, I would always be in the closet playing too. It's just, it's a very congruent uh, and, and, and odd, you know, something you wouldn't really think about unless you you know, looked at this kind of oh, stuff sure. overall, but yeah. Um, but yeah, we all, you know, even the, even the sister of, you know, my daughter's father, who she's with now in his own family, I was best friends with his younger sister growing up and she, you know, was molested by a family member in a pool when she was young. She went to uh, her parents and her parents told her, no, that didn't happen and don't say anything and forget about it, you know? Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, that seems to be what, what, People were told for a long time. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. But we obviously need to address the problem because, especially when it's somebody 
And you're right. Uh, people talk about stranger danger, and it is. I don't know what the percentage is, but the vast majority of time, it's uh, it's someone they know. It's a relative. It leaves uh, uh, it leaves roughly seven percent that would actually be uh, a stranger, Don. But they push the serial seven, killer seven motive. And, yeah. yeah. And there was a. I don't know, but before I forget, I, Chris had asked something about. Uh, let me find that question about Stephen. Stainer, I think it was. Is it Stephen Stainer? I, I bet he find. did, Rhonda. She said he yeah. got in trouble years later. It always comes out, honey, and, yeah. and I'm glad this, that he did. I'm sorry yes. that they had to experience that as well. I'm sorry, too. Do you see that Chris is talking about Stephen Stainer case in the TV movie, I Know My Name? Is, that was the one where he he survived, and he just was I don't know that one. I've actually heard of it, but I don't know that one, I have to say. Well, wow. it, was an, it, was a, it was it was kind of a feel-good story. Yeah, Chris Graves, he's, a, he's on top. He's, a, he's I'm so lucky to have him because he just, you know, I know a lot about this stuff, but Chris is the go-to guy, and he's, he's, a, yeah. he's a wonderful yeah. researcher. But, um, yeah, I think Stephen Stainer was the one where he uh, – he was abducted, and then he, as a, he, I think he lived with a man as I, 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 I'm pretty sure as a sex slave. I mean, why else would they abduct him? Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. and then he came back later as an adult, and uh, so it was kind of a say a happy story, but I guess it's better than he was killed. So, but it was a very unusual case that so they made well, a movie I, about that. I'm not familiar with that one, but I do have to say something to that that kind of actually ties everything together from tonight, from Las Vegas to child trafficking to John Walsh to the National Center, mm -hmm. uh, which is a case that has come out. We've actually had people coming forward uh, that they have been exploited or their children have been exploited by the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. Uh, and one of them can also be found on Twitter. The account is uh, called Teachers Against Trafficking. Again, that's Teachers Against Trafficking. And it is uh, the case of a, a young man. He's now 17 uh, or 16, excuse me, uh, Yeshua and his father, Othello. And that is also the same ring uh, with the Las Vegas Metro Police. Uh, the father, Othello, had custody of Yeshua from birth because his mother, uh, he, she was on drugs, you know, didn't have her life together because she herself had been trafficked uh, since the age of three by her own mother. Okay, so uh, oh, he had sole custody of this little beautiful little boy, Yeshua, since, since he was young. And he actually was working for the DOJ. He had uh, created a program for youth in the community. Uh, the father, that is Othello, had, had uh, created this program uh, where they were teaching children how to do media and music and all this new stuff without, you know, signing contracts and getting in the industry and, you know, doing all of this. And so it had huge uh, results in the community. The uh, crime rates went were going down. Uh, everything was really going amazing. So he put in a bid for the uh, you know the county contract, if you will, or the state contract, I believe it was actually uh, for you know for the following year. And not I, I don't know if he knew or not at the time, but it, the fact of the matter was that the other you know uh, people putting bids in were the Las Vegas Metro Police as well as the National. Center for Missing Exploited Children. Now, he actually won the bid and he got the funding, which took all that funding away from them and did not make them happy. And uh, what happened is one day he was at Walmart with his mother and they're walking out and they're looking, you know, because they're community members, they're good people. They're looking at the missing wall at Walmart uh, from the National Center with all the faces on it. And there they see 
Yeshua's face and his face on an Amber Alert, uh, stating that he had kidnapped his son, that he was a sexual predator, that Yeshua was in trouble or in, you know, in danger, excuse me. And they have 15 U.S. Marshals. This is a John Walsh production. This is what he does. Uh, and we also had one of his best friends when I was growing up there, his daughter come forward and say, you know, yeah, my mom took me one time when my dad didn't want me to, to our relatives. And he made one phone call to your dad. And the next morning there were SU black SUVs surrounding the house, arresting my mother, taking me back to my father. And it was because he called your dad. Um, but so here we have back to Yeshua and Othello, we have uh, 15 or so U.S. Marshals coming in at gunpoint into the home. Uh, the grandmother is holding Yeshua and they are arresting Othello charging him, uh, you know, for child kidnapping and all of this. Uh, and then that's what got them to be able to take Yeshua. And they placed him in the custody of his maternal grandmother, the one that had been trafficking his mother since the age of three, now gave her the seven-year-old child. And that's what we're finding CPS is doing. They are handing children to the abusers and to literal pedophiles, which is actually an extension of a Nazi project uh, where they were giving uh, boys to pedophiles back then. Well, you're bringing, so, you're bringing out the anecdotes here. I mean, as, as free, free thinker 59 over here says he remembers being put on some guy's lap when he was a toddler and the guy yeah. getting an erection. Uh, I, I, I just amazed this lap. happened to so many, so many people. I mean, yeah. it's, a, and, it's uh, the daddy lap. Yeah. Yeah. The that, daddy lap is a big one. Go thank ahead. you. Rhonda, Rhonda says, uh, Stephen, the, the, the story we were talking about, he ended up saying, that's what I remember now. He ended up saving, like, a, he saw the new kid being groomed, and he somehow got away and, and uh, saved that kid's life. So that, oh, that very was, that's, cool. So that's I'll definitely have to look into that, yeah. And Admiral Adams is saying when he was in the U.S. Air Force, one of the supervisors assaulted his stepdaughter and went to yeah. jail for it. The thing is, he never suspected, I mean, this guy was, I guess, a, an upstanding guy. And that's the thing. A lot of times, I guess, they you would never suspect them. They're, they're, they seem very respectable. The last person you would suspect, right? Well, I think, and you know, in a weird way, uh, you know, when you have to be that person out in public and so, you know, stewardly and all of that, I mean, that would be, you know, through psychology would be uh, an unfortunate or disgusting, but uh, a real manifestation from that where you have to take that power out or you have to be that polar opposite, you know, if you are on that level of, of troubled and, and psychopathy, if you will. So, um, so yeah, it's very real. We're seeing a lot of it. People don't realize a lot of it is through the military. Um, children are moved through the bases and their names yeah. are changed and uh, they're adopted to military families. Uh, and that even goes into the, you know, the women that are being raped in the military now and coming out and everyone's ignoring them and well, they're we, shamed within the military. Well, you know and about the Presidio and Michael, Colonel Michael Aquino. Exactly. Right. I mean, so yeah. I mean, it's an, an open Satanist that was a colonel and was accused of uh, very, you know, very explicit testimony. And always, he always got away with it. It's it's amazing. Always. Same with Larry King in North Fox Island. He's walking yes. around now and he's hiding in churches, you know, so it's the same thing. We've got, you know, and John Walsh is walking around right now with a 17 year old and his father saying, you know, John Walsh, Obama, Kamala Harris and others have trafficked me from the age of, of seven to 16. Really? Tell, tell us about this. I haven't heard this. Who, who is this 17? Well, this, is, this is what 
I was talking about is the, uh, he's 16 or 17 now, excuse me, but the Teachers Against Trafficking account, Yeshua and Othello, they have now come out. Yeah, they have now come out and, you know, they have filed federally like I did. They're all, all of our cases are dismissed because the courts are corrupt because all of these are on retainers. So they know to dismiss these cases. Uh, mine can actually be reopened. I have a federal uh, RICO out on my father and everyone in the county that has done this to my fam- my children and I. Um, but they have filed. They are out and uh, uh, talking about and have all of the proofs uh, and needing help and support to get their story out about, you know, John Walsh and these others involved in trafficking him from age uh, seven to uh, to 15. He was made to take uh, hormone pills uh, so that he would grow breasts for snuff films. He was made to drink 32 ounces of men's semen uh, and, and, you know, very horrific. I mean, these are not easy things to deal with. And these are our children being put through this is why it's, you know, why I feel such a responsibility too. I mean, if we can't handle it, how, what about these children that are going through it as we're speaking? So um, they've been very courageous. They're amazing. The two of them I've, I've connected with them when, when Othello was trying to get Yeshua from the grandmother, Yeshua was, was going online and making cries for help to come save him. And, and I had reached out to him and, and spoken to him. Othello ended up getting him out and now they're, they're speaking out about it. And, you know, they're very, they're very straightforward about it much more than I can be. Um, and, you know, calling for the arrest of my father who should be doing uh, life without possibility of parole, according to the allegations that they're providing. Well, what, 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 what is the situation with your, uh, have you, when is the last time, have you had any contact with your children, or they, especially the, the oldest one, I think you said was 17 or something, or they, or any of them, do they no. want to see you or? Oh yeah. My, my children beg to come home every second. They're waiting for everyone to get it together and save them. Um, everyone involved and and everybody. Um, but no, my parents are keeping them from me. They are essentially trying to erase me with mansions and cake and cookies and parties and, you know, everything that they gave me when I was growing up so that I wouldn't realize the abuse. So none of us would. And that's what they're doing to my children. They're literally doing the playbook that they did with us. And that's also more revealing of what, you know, we went through growing up. Um, and it's it's horrific, Don. Uh, my children are yearning to come home and our family, my family needs to be restored. My baby is now ripped from her mother at five days old, which actually is yeah, attempted murder. That's on a baby and a mother. Uh, and now she's been sold by John Walsh. So I don't know what more it's going to take uh, for the country to wake up to this, Don. It's yeah. it's really a depraved level. And we, and we know C- CPS is right in the middle of this. I'm sure you probably heard about the case of Beverly Schaefer and her, and her yeah. husband. It was murdered, almost yeah. certainly murdered in Georgia. She was the most outspoken Nancy. critic. Yeah. Yes. Nancy, Nancy Schaefer, Nancy Schaefer, Nancy Schaefer, Schaefer yes. is, and, is probably my biggest inspiration in life, along with um, a mentor, you know, and mentor as well, obviously, um, as well as Ted Gunderson. And Ted, yes, if you yes. look online, is very upfront. Years ago, and yes. I believe it was 96, yeah, he was coming out saying, 
he was coming out saying the National Center for Missing yeah. Exploited Children is the child trafficking front. Yes. And Kathy O'Brien has come out and been very yeah. clear about the fact that her owner and handler, Senator Byrd, was which yeah. National Center was founded by Congress. It's funded by Congress. It's a nonprofit of the wash of the you know District of Columbia. It's located in Alexandria, which was taken out of the territory and what was it, 70 something or 45? I can't remember when Alexandria was taken out of that 10 mile uh, yeah. uh, district area. And uh, which also you wonder why Alexandria, but then we see ties with um, Israel and data sharing, especially out of there. Um, the National Center headquarters the, was originally a post office in the in the bottom of it in the first floor, which is significant for this kind of stuff. So, anyways, there's uh, I'm getting off topic, but you know we no, we have you're, to be you're, you're really you know all this stuff. That's why it's amazing that you you're you're just not a one trick pony. You're just not a bitter, uh, understandably bitter mother that's trying to get her kids back. You've done your research. You know all these things. You're politically awake, and that's what makes you so fascinating. Thank you. I would always get in trouble with my father because I wouldn't be a lawyer and I'd get in trouble with my mother because I wouldn't get into politics. So here we are. I've been representing myself pro se. I've been in the federal court filing and pregnant and uh, and we're covering all the politics and lawyer we possibly can. So, you know, and, and that goes, you know, why I was talking about Yeshua and Othello, not only because this is a very significant case that people need to be talking about and demanding answers about, but, um, you know, it does, again, just another example of how this is happening, especially with Amber Alert. So Amber Alert is being used by CPS, especially when we're finding that when children are running from CPS, which if it's so amazing and everything, oh. then why are children running away? Then yeah. um, or they are going to their parents and they're saying, I'm going to run away or you need to come get me. And so the parent, of course, that's your child. You go and get your child. You don't care whether you're going to get in trouble or not. If your child's saying I'm in this foster home or I'm here and then here's CPS, you're doing everything. You're losing your home. You're losing your job. You're going broke to, to go through these courts and get bombarded. Then just to, to beg for your child back, which is probably never going to come home. You're at the end of your rope. You know, you're at the end of the line. So you're going to go pick up your child and then they're going to put out an Amber Alert on you. If you look at the percentage of Amber Alerts that say it is parental abduction, they create like stranger danger serial killer it's parental abduction is the term now and it's being used horribly against people and an amber alert has really become this you know keep your product if your product escapes now we have a national alert system to find the product and reel it back in same with what we well. found in the, That's with the uh, the clinton foundation as well that a human trafficking hotline Absolutely. Admiral Adams says I should try to get you on the Jeff Rents show. And if you heard of Jeff Rents, he's got a big show and I'm on there every week. I, he probably would love to talk with you. I'll, I'll, I'll ask him about that. He's uh, but thank uh, you guys. Yeah, no, cause you, you, you're a fascinating uh, guest. Cause you, you can talk about all these things, you know, about you know, I'd throw Michael Aquino's name, the finders, you know, about, uh, Alicia how about Dutro? I'm sorry. <laughs> Dutro, we haven't even covered the Dutro affair that National Center was involved in. And well, then, talk about talk about that. Go for it. I don't I don't know if I know that one. 
Well, I think more so people can look into that, but more so that would lead to Backpage is what a lot of people would know about the Backpage scandal and online with the whole efforts of, you know, online sex abuse, the online trafficking. Uh, Ernie Allen of the National Center was, you know, it was very interesting because they were working with Backpage and everything. And then when the Backpage scandal came out that they were actually involved in trafficking, uh, then all of a sudden Ernie Allen is, you know, testifying and stuff, you know, so it was like this, this cover or we got to no, now we're not associated with Backpage, you know, now that this is trafficking, which then would also lead into what we're seeing. Okay. So the National Center was 83, 84. It was established by Reagan 83, right? Or 84. I can't remember. Sorry. Yeah. And, um, and so he, uh, so from that, that was really the first time that that kind of a structure was set up, right? That was Ernie's intentions there was to set up legislation and lobbying and everything, which we now see has been nefariously used as well as how to gain funding for tons of money and pay out yourself high salaries and all this kind of thing. So when we see the national set up this prototype, and then we see all of the subsequent, um, you know, missing children's cases that have been chosen by the media that then have a foundation or a center or an organization come out of their cause or their case and then what the that is surround the issues it's surrounding and then what legislation they can pass through that right and what funding they well, can they, bring they do they do pick too. and they do pick and choose these cases and that like Holloway, i've investigated a lot and i think Tim Ballard, wasn't he involved? Or maybe I'm thinking of Texas EquiSearch that was involved there. But uh, Natalie Holloway is one that got a lot of publicity, but there are lots of things. And, and Van Jorn just came out finally admitting that he did it. Well, that was literally I, a month well ago. I, I'll have to talk to you about that because actually I, okay. I, have, inside, I have inside information for that. I, in fact, I have, a, I have a manuscript that uh, one day I'll publish it maybe, but, uh, and I have people that, uh, like Chris Graves early on, these people are, have great connections and they know Yorn Vandersloot. They've been talking to him. Uh, Yorn, I don't think Yorn Vandersloot killed anybody. I think he's been a scapegoat, but he, he is, he That's is very possible. He's a habitual liar. With his father. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. He's a habitual liar. He just keeps, I, I don't know what his problem is, but we, we studied it, but I, I don't want to get it off track. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll definitely have to talk about that and maybe we'll hash it out one day on here, but please yeah. let, I want to talk about that. That's very interesting because because what you're saying is very plausible as well. And, and that's something, oh, I'll add that little uh, connotation on the side, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer and his father, Lionel, uh, you know, Lionel comes out as this man and he said, I think my son did it. And, you know, I'm this good citizen and everything. When we actually find out the, you know, the weird things that, you know, he did with Jeffrey and teaching him yeah. to you know, cut open small animals and initiate those initial things oh, that man. And, and it ties into the, uh, to the Podestas we mentioned with uh, Tony Podesta, John Podesta's brother has that artwork in his in a very yeah. bizarre sculpture in his home that is twisted Absolutely. into what they claim is a position of one of Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite positions or something for his victims. Oh, yeah. And that's the art world. That's the art world that people don't understand and oh, look at. Yeah. And that would be where the National Center, you know, Hunter Biden's artwork yes. and all of this. I did the same thing not knowing. I did a fundraiser for the National Center and Hank Asher bought sure. my artwork and everything. Yeah. And I started thinking, wait a second, this is being recycled back into... When like, you think what these is are good people, you don't think... Uh, Ober and Rockfin, they love you. They're saying... This 
this guest is blowing my mind. She is so brave. And they oh, also throw you. me a they throw me a crumb too. And Donna such yeah, a Yeah, good. They thank better. You. They thank better. you very much. Um, I want I want to say something to the art uh and topic before we get off. This is a little excerpt, yeah. but uh, it's also with the National Center and, and this issue of child trafficking. So what we have to look at here is some, somebody else. So I brought up Ernie Allen. I've brought up Hank Asher. These are kind of those names that people want to know, essentially, when they're saying like the Black Book and, you know, or Epstein's List and all this kind of stuff. Right, right. The people that you don't know their names. So Ernie Allen, Hank Asher, um, but also Jeffrey Coons. So Jeffrey Coons is a um, pop artist. He is known as the highest paid living pop artist because he sold uh, through Sotheby's auction house for $91.1 million wow. uh, to, to Steve Mnuchin's father. He sold a mm. huge chrome a chrome rabbit. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, a yeah. chrome rabbit. And his artwork is very known for the hypnotic nature. And, you know, we could go into that as a whole show, I, I you know, with my art degrees and everything. But what I'm getting at here is that he also, his prior work before this, this modern pop stuff that he's been doing was figures, uh, life-size figures of children, figurines of children, of him and his ex-wife, uh, who was actually an Eastern European uh, porn star. And this was back in the day. And he was known for this very evocative, uh, you know, artwork and they're naked and all this. So she comes out divorcing him, saying that she, you know, he did, he wanted to do disgusting things in the bedroom and expected her to do all this stuff, which as a porn star, I can't imagine, you know, what that is. Yeah. Um, and so with all due respect, mm-hmm. um, and then she also stated that she walked in, you know, several times with him naked with their uh, son as a baby and that he was, you know, doing very inappropriate things and having the baby do things to him. So she actually ended up taking their son and, and fleeing to back to Europe with her family. And he uh, made himself the victim, said that she had kidnapped him and went after her through The Hague. Um, and that's where his his case and the McCann, the McCann case really and Megan's Law have really been the 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 hubs to set up an international oh, level. Madeline, Madeline McCann, we could talk about that case too. Yeah, that, that's yeah. another one. But I, I want to make sure we get this all and give you a chance to, uh, do, do you think your dad's twisted pistol says, do you think he's possibly an intelligence agent? Uh, do I? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. Absolutely believe that. And we know that they're all placed in media. I believe it. Yes, I do. I would like to give people this line real quick, though, um, of the art world and Jeffrey Coons. So if you look at Jeffrey Coons, I know we're getting longer here, but I just want to give people the names then if we don't go into it. But look at Jeffrey Coons. He also started the foundation, the Coons Foundation, which then helped to develop the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. He got involved there. Uh, Then he went on to be behind forming the International Center for Missing Exploited Children with Ernie Allen, Richard Branson of Nexium Sex Cult in Necker Island, um, as well as his mother, Eve Branson, as well as the World Economic Forum, which brings in the fact that the National Center is a government agency of operating as a nonprofit. They are a globalist organization that is a think tank with the World Economic Forum behind them and others, um, as well as the big corporations like Amazon, Meta, um, and so on and so forth. 
So what that did was with the national, with the international center that was also founded with Tony Blair's wife, as well as Hillary Rodham Clinton. So then once uh, Jeff Koons had sold his art for $91.1 million, it put him on that status, that level of status where he could be appointed and work within the arts and embassies program. Uh, so then we see there's a great Vanity Fair article written by Hillary Clinton herself talking about with Marie. Ambravovich and Jeff Koons and others pictured in it uh, talking about the arts and embassies Spirit program. Cooking. Yeah, yeah. And so when we look at the arts and embassies program and shipping, uh, there's been a lot of big hype and, and controversy and dramatization of this. But we know that embassies are uh, trafficking children through paperwork and adoptions and different things. Um, we know that also the embassies, when live art or when, excuse me, art and live art is shipped, it is not as inspected when it's through the embassies and also because they say, oh, it's fragile or we don't want to damage it or any of that. So when you have people like Jeffrey Coons who are working through the arts and embassies program with Ambravovich and Hillary Clinton, when his artwork is known to be life-size figurines of children and humans, and then I did the exposure from Marco Polo um, from the Hunter Biden laptop, I actually found an email from Harvey Weinstein to Hunter Biden talking about campaign basically laundering where he and Jeff Coons had decided that Jeff was going to make, you know, 40 some odd prints of one of his, you know, his, you know, crap pieces of art and they were going to sell them for $50,000 a piece. They were going to have one of their quote unquote, you know, Podesta like private dinners and uh, all of the proceeds were going to be donated to Hillary's campaign. And in that was going to also be hosting uh, was Larry Gagosian, their buddy. So if we look at the Gagosian gallery, we see also uh, figurines of children by some of the artists and not only figurines of children, but also of hybrid children. And uh, in theory, if we get into the conspiracy world, ha ha ha, um, <laughs> if you have, if you are selling, uh, you know, figurines of, you know, children or humans and you're an international artist and it's collectibles in this high level, who would question, you know, whether that's actually right. people or children in those, exactly you know, right. transport? I, I, I want to make sure you get, Chris has asked a couple of times and I'm interested okay, too. When, when, when is your, uh, is your podcast already started? Tell us about your podcast. Yes, tomorrow night will be the fourth episode. Uh, oh. It is on Rumble. I believe now we're on Spotify. As of today or yesterday, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, uh, you know, all those guys. But we are on Rumble and Foxhole. Uh, the channel is called Insight, I-N-S-I-T-E, not uh, G-H-T, but T-E. Uh, insight and it's called Reexamined with Megan Walsh. I, we do it every Saturday night now at 11 p.m. But of course, you can always watch. You know, we love the late. You know, we love the live, and everyone does join us actually. But sure. there's always the the what you know the the recording after oh, if you're not yeah. that person. Yeah, these shows get get watched a lot. Uh, well, that's great. I'm glad you're doing that. I, I would. What? Let me have a couple minutes left. I'm gonna. Anything else that you forgot you wanted to mention? And uh, and I, you know, obviously well appreciated. And uh, I want you to give out all your links and anything you want to promote. But anything that we missed because we covered a lot of stuff here. <laughs> Woo! 
We did, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, you know, no, I, I really appreciate you having me on. And, and these kind of conversations are actually really refreshing for me. It's very nice to be amongst people that do, you know, know this kind of stuff as well. Just like you say to me, Don, you know, it, the, it right back at you, bud. And I, I can't thank you enough for having me. Um, but I really do wish that, you know, my, my wish out of this is for people to really be asking the question, what is American child trafficking? And realizing that it is our child protective services and our family courts and and really looking into you know we all have different things that resonate us or with us or different capabilities but you know looking into ways that you can get involved in your community um i did you know we'll get to the announcements or you know the the links now i guess because i did actually just get approved by the secretary of state uh for my new nonprofit, protect american families yeah. uh so we're we're very happy about that i've also just registered uh as a lobbyist um, and so we're working on some legislation and we'll be moving, uh, you know, I, my campaign, I call better ways <laughs> because there's simply better ways to all yeah, of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we are really looking at, you know, focusing on the families and not just the children. You know, these are huge uh, children's rights violations as well. Every child has rights and especially to their biological family. And the system that we're doing now is completely inverted where we're stealing children and handing them to strangers and have incentives and quotas on all of it when really we should be focusing on what the struggles are that are creating the neglect or abuse. And if there is real situations like that, then we have a criminal justice system for that. But this this gray area where children are being taken and it's only getting worse and worse, especially with my dad, he's setting case precedent behind closed doors and people don't realize the importance of my case and coming out and demanding that that it be investigated and stopped because this now sets precedent to take children for essentially any subjective reason. The quote in the case files is any potential future adverse event deemed. Minority deemed. report. You may be it doing is, Oh my God. It, it is minority. <laughs> yeah. I say it every single day, Don. And yes. he also like lost his son in the movie too, but we're here. We're here. So uh. Man, I can't tell. I, 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 I'm sorry the time we're, we're out. I mean, because this, I could talk to you, uh, you know. No, no, no. We'll, we'll let me, let me tell people where they can find me, okay? Yes, so you can please, find me on, on Saturday nights uh, on Rumble or any of those on the Insight with Reexamined. And that is Adam Walsh's case files we're going over. I'll be bringing in other people that have uh, experts or information on that in the near future. But we're getting established and, and building, you know, setting the foundation. So people can find me there. Also, uh, Tuesday nights at eight o'clock on Twitter spaces or X, excuse me, X yes, spaces. Yes. I can't keep up. Uh, but myself and the Hollywood reporter, Mike Pack, he actually used to be a producer for the Jenny Jones show and big brother and all this. And he, def he deflected from Hollywood and came out years ago. Um, mm -hmm. so he's one of my best buds and we do a space on X on Tuesday nights. Um, there's, I'm on other podcasts like yours. People can find me, but my main place is X. So everyone, please go to Megan Walsh underscore. Um, of course, you know, people like myself and those that are really in the trenches, I'm not the only one. There are many women and children actually being hunted in our country and being destroyed. Um, and, and resources is what they go after. They go after work. Uh, they make it so you can't work. They make it so that, you know, when you try to do other 
other things, you're you're defamed and and you meet an end. So um, I will say uh, that the the people of this country have kept me going so far, and we do have legal stuff as well as you know the effort for protect American families and things. So um, prayers are very invaluable. Uh, you know, we we thank everyone for their prayers and thoughts. Sharing the information uh, is very essential, and we need to spread awareness and and get this out. And also, if if you feel moved to donate whatsoever, any little bit or your cup of coffee or any of that, I do actually have a cash app, which is M Walsh Consulting, or I do have PayPal, which is found at Family Farm and Faith uh, at gmail.com. That's Family Farm and is spelled out A-N-D, uh, Faith. Family Farm and Faith at gmail.com. Well, yeah, everybody contribute yep. to her. That's you're you're doing great work. Uh, Megan, uh bless your heart. Like I said, I I, I you're doing I, I hope you get your kids back real soon and I hope you get some kind of justice. I know it, it you know that's a lot of people are wanting justice that they don't get it, but uh, you've been through some hard times, you have a wonderful attitude. Uh, you're doing great work, and I, I'm just honored that you come on my show and I really appreciate it. And I hope we'll get to have to have you back somewhat to talk again soon, okay. Absolutely, Don. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks everyone that watched tonight and the support. I got to bug course. you about your guy, Chris. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, he, he, he has a podcast too, and I know he'd love to have you come on. So I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to hook you up with Oh, him. wonderful. He's, he's okay. Yeah. Well, text me. Thank you and, so and, much. And thank you so much. Thanks everybody in both chat rooms, so, especially for sharing your own very sad stories. And it's, it's, it's sad that it's going outside. Child sex trafficking and scandals are all too real. And thank you very much, mm -hmm. Megan Walsh for, uh, reminding us of that. Good luck to you. Thanks so much for everyone for listening to I protest. We'll talk to you next week.